this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello. So before we get into the Child's Play episode, I just wanted to issue a little apology. I mentioned when we're talking about what we're into right now, I mentioned our amazing interview that we did with Zach Barrick. So apologies because I mispronounced his last name. I can't believe I did that. So I feel really bad about that. So apologies to Zach. But I hope you enjoy this episode. It was a ton of fun to record. Thank you very much. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. We are continuing our horror celebration with a look at the Child's Play series, or as people like to affectionately call it, the Chucky series, or just Chucky. So we are going to be talking about all of the movies. We probably, unless it's it's brought up, but we probably will not be talking about the remake. I actually am one of the few people that I actually don't think the remake's as bad as everybody else thinks it is. I'm sorry to all the creators and people behind this one that actually don't like it, but hey, I'm sorry. I actually didn't think it was that bad. Uh, <laughs> but don't don't turn don't turn me off yet, okay? I this is still the superior one and I, you know, it, this was a lot of fun watching all of these um, movies, and I've mentioned before, I think, the TV show Chucky, which you can watch the first season on Peacock. I haven't gotten a chance to watch any of the second season yet because I don't have cable and it's not on Peacock yet. So I've heard it's good, but I don't know yet, but I love the first season. But if you don't know what Child's Play is, we are going to be spoiling the movies. So just so you know, I'm going to try not to spoil the television show because I don't want Susie to be spoiled. But just so you know, we are going to be spoiling the movies. I don't I don't really know that there's much that really is like horrible to spoil with the movies. But if you don't want to be spoiled and you've never watched Child's Play and you plan on watching the, the whole series, then, you know, you may want to tune in later. Child's Play, also known colloquially as Chucky, is an American horror slasher media franchise. I don't know why it has to be that long of a description. <laughs> Created by Don Mancini. The films focus on Chucky, voiced by Brad Dourif in the original films and television series, and Mark Hamill in the reboot, who is a notorious serial killer, who is also known as what, Susie? What's his full name? Honestly, I've forgotten because it's just been Chucky to me this whole time. Whoa, this was actually on our first night of horror trivia. This was a trivia question. It was not one that was missed, but it was an 80s horror trivia question. So it's Charles Lee Ray. That was Chucky's full name. 
Um, but Charles Lee Ray was a notorious serial killer who frequently escapes death by performing a voodoo ritual to transfer his soul into a quote unquote good guy doll, which when this, the first movie came out in the eighties in 1988, um, that was very much a play on the cabbage patch kid dolls and the, you know, the whole craze for those and how parents were beating each other up to get a cabbage patch kid doll. I remember how huge these were in the eighties as a kid. Um, the original film, Child's Play, was released on November 9th, 1988. The film spawned six sequels, a television series, a remake, comic books, a video game, and tie-in merchandise. The first, second, and fourth films were box office successes, with all the films earning over $182 million worldwide, including revenues from sales of videos, DVDs, VOD, and merchandise, the franchise has generated over 250 million dollars it also won a saturn award for best horror franchise and if you've watched all these you know the first one is very much like a psychological horror thing and it's very different than the sequels became the sequel is very much the child's play 2 is very much like a slasher a lot more of a slasher than child's play was and then they all became kind of satirical and campy and then horror comedy. And then they tried to go back a little bit when they did like um, Curse of Chucky. And then they were kind of trying to do really weird, twisty stuff. And then I would say the television series is kind of a mix of horror comedy. So it's kind of branched out all over. This is also very much considered a very um, LGBTQ plus series and very queer friendly and there's like a whole article on sci-fi it's talking mainly about the tv series by caitlin bush uh and it's an interview with the series creator don mancini and it talks about is chucky lgbtq plus because some of that stuff is explored in the movie and also of course with the main um young child that gets is gender fluid and all this stuff so there's there's a lot of stuff that is explored within this universe so um, I know some people do consider Chucky like a queer ally and also just the series in general. There's, of course, the character Glenn and Glinda, who is the child of Tiffany and Chucky. And Tiffany, of course, is played famously by the amazing Jennifer Tilly. So, yeah, and she appears in in all the ones after that. She appears in some way, shape or form. And sometimes she actually is Jennifer Tilly, <laughs> such as in Seed of Chucky. So, so, yes. But before we decide if Chucky is our friend to the end, I want to know, Susie, what are you into right now in pop culture? Oh, yes. I'm so excited to talk about this. So today that we, the day that we're filming is October 13th, Thursday. And today, the second season of Dead End Paranormal Park just dropped on Netflix. And it's a fun kind of like um, kids, like supernatural animated show. Um, and I just, I love it so much. I was able to watch kind of like the first episode today so far. And it's, it's, it's really good. I just, I love the animation and the voice acting is so much. It's like, it's so good. And oh, I love it. It's one of my favorite, like shows <laughs> yes and we did interview uh one of the voice actors zach brock we did interview him 
back in July, I believe that was in July. It was a little bit after um, San Diego Comic-Con. And he is just the sweetest, sweetest person. Really cool, awesome, awesome guy that I was very honored to virtually sit down and talk to. And we also talked a lot about, I, I love that we got to talk about his relationship with dogs and how important dogs have been for him. It was the sweetest thing. And he was like, so he was like, thank you so much for letting me talk about my dog. So, so I was very honored um, to sit down with him. And, you know, it, it's, it's a really, really important animated series for a lot of reasons. The representation is amazing. Because if you don't know, Zach, Zach is um, a trans actor, and he was the first trans actor who was in the spider-man universe so yeah so but he's just a great guy and great great actor and a great human being so definitely check out that interview and the show well what i'm into i don't know yet if i'm into it but uh <laughs> he's laughing so i watched the first episode of a new series from that person that will never leave my life ryan murphy called the watcher <laughs> <laughs> Susie. Uh, I just love watching Susie's reactions to what I'm saying. Uh, she's like, uh, yeah. Um, if you And this is, of course, follows a family. This is based on a true story. They buy a house in the suburbs uh, outside of New York City. And they start receiving like these anonymous letters from someone who signs at the watcher saying they're watching them. They, they become increasingly threatening. And I believe in real life, they never found out who this person was. And it's really creepy. I mean, it's very flippant creepy. And I mean, the show, the series opens and I'm like, I would never buy a house here. All these people around them are creepy. <laughs> Even before they buy the house, all the neighbors are so weird. But I don't know. It's entertaining so far. So far, it's not too Ryan Murphy-ish. <laughs> But I'm only the first episode in, so I'm sure that'll change. But <laughs> that's on Netflix. So, yes. Okay. Well, we are going to now get into Chucky, who is our friend till the end. Right? <laughs> so, I want to know, what are your thoughts on the character of Chucky as a slasher villain and just overall? And you can also talk about the performance from B Brad Dourif. So I'm just going to say right off the bat, Chucky is not my favorite slasher. Previous listeners of the pod and maybe current ones are now going to know that my absolute favorite is Jason Voorhees. I just, he's my fave. But I will say that Chucky is very effective as a horror villain and slasher because like what better way to commit these kind of heinous crimes than in like the body of a doll that no one is going to suspect. Because you can do like all these horrible things and then you can just go back in the corner and be like, oh, oh, I did nothing. I'm just a doll sitting here. I'm just a little guy. Pay me no mind. And it's and it's also a really great way for kind of it, like being embodied in that doll for also Chucky to kind of like drive the people around him insane and to especially the people who like like Andy when people start suspecting that he's the one maybe like he could be the one kind of like committing these crimes or when anyone else who has Chucky 
they think that person is the one and they're like, no, I'm innocent. It was the doll. Like what better way to kind of like just shift the blame onto someone else and continue your murder spree if if you're just a doll. And it's great how he does these kind of, how he commits his kills and then just when he gets his victims when they don't, like it's a doll, you're not going to suspect anything unless you're me, which I say never trust dolls. Especially it too. ones that can like talk and move. Yes. You never know. Okay, this is someone related, but there was like a, a doll back in like the early, I think it was early to mid 90s that it had like a mechanical function in its mouth where it would, it was, it had these rollers that would like suck food in. Yes. So you could feed the doll food. And yeah. I think they eventually stopped making it because kids would stick their fingers inside <laughs> inside of the mouth of the doll and get them sucked in. But it's like, how effective would that be? It's kind of like horror <laughs> It's just, yeah, like, I, I hate it. I and didn't it also dolls. pee and stuff too? I think so, or something. There, and was, there was a doll also, that did that, yeah. Yeah, and there was a different doll that it laughed, but it sounded like the laugh of a chain smoker. And it was supposed <laughs> like it was this doll that you kind of shook and it and it was supposed to laugh like ah! but for some reason some of the voice boxes would go bad and it would sound like and how terrifying would that be in the dark of the night to just hear just something in the darkness go and you're like oh god I'm on edge (laughs) and it kind of and also having Chucky in having the slasher as a doll also kind of plays into our fear of kind of like the uncanny valley where it almost looks human but you also don't really trust it which can be said of anything like most currently something that is feared among the youths are the freaking Furby dolls that are just menaces because apparently they'll start spouting like satanic demonic propaganda in the what oh haven't you heard haven't you heard about Furbies like people will have Furbies like checked in the back of their closets that they've forgotten about as children and then sometimes just out of nowhere it's just gonna like wake up and start speaking or do their voice boxes go bad too? And they just spat out like <laughs> with their little freaking ears. It's it's the worst thing in the world. It's it's haunting. As a kid, I hated Furbies for that reason. You could not find me. You would not catch me with one because they're so weird. That is weird. Okay. <laughs> But it's also like when you see it in the in something about having that be unsettling is is when I first ever watched the Chucky series, my first introduction to the series was Seed of Chucky. And I didn't know that oh, that wow. was the first that that was not the first one. I thought that was. So I immediately went into it with thinking it was going to be very campy. So when I found out that the original was child's play and not seed of chucky <laughs> i i went back to watch it and it is a more that movie is a little bit more scary because you like even knowing what chucky is if you go into it with that kind of knowledge you see 
this innocent little kid with its skull and he has a little friend and they're having a good time. And then all of a sudden one day, oh no, the doll doesn't have batteries. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> because no. <laughs> but I just think that's something that's kind of really effective about its its whole design and everything how it takes something very innocent and kind of it can be considered very innocent and childlike it just takes child's play and, and, and twists it <laughs> into <laughs> something scary yeah well I remember when this movie when child's play first came out and I remember I actually think I saw I'm sure I saw it in the theater um, and you know it was one of those it's a very 80s horror film very much in the 80s slasher realm but not so much really the first one there are you know kills of course but not in the same realm as what the series eventually became and chucky to me is not scary anymore chucky was scary in the first one though because dolls are terrifying they just are they're so scary they scare they've scared me forever and it's the perfect thing to use and especially this the chucky doll even just the fake smile on chucky's face you know just the good guy doll in general i mean i should clarify just their little smile on their face is really kind of off-putting because it's just like uh okay and then saying i'm your friend to the end it's you know especially with the heidi ho ha, 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 in the first one and all the different sayings and it's just like uh, it's just really really creepy even before he does anything he's creepy i do think he became you know and i think this happens with a lot of slasher villains with some of them i, I think he's very similar to freddie in the fact that he became a lot more of comic relief and a comedian and while he did have some funny lines in the first child's play movie and he has some comic moments like the time when he's in the elevator and going up you know he's already been through hell he's been like burned and all this stuff by the by the cop by the detective and he just looks awful and he's just sitting there in the elevator waiting to go up to try and get andy because andy's little boy he recurs as well and he wants to be he wants to transfer out of the body of the doll and then get into the doll, into the doll, into the body of Andy. And there's this old couple in there. And they're like, oh, someone left their doll in the elevator. Oh, and they're like, oh, the kid will get it later. And then they're walking out and she's, the woman's like, what an ugly doll. And he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> and so it's little things like that, that Chucky does throughout the, the series. And his laugh is like iconic. He's got an, a, an amazing laugh. I mean, it's creepy in the first one, and then it just becomes kind of like just part of who his character is. And I think, you know, he definitely is not in my top favorite slashers. I enjoy him, but he's definitely not my favorites. I mean, everybody knows Michael Myers is my favorite. But I, I would say he's maybe like number four or five. Um, but I do enjoy his movies to to an extent i will say binging him was a, an experience because it's like because the tone is shifts so much throughout the series 
that it can be a little bit jarring at times when you're watching them back to back because you're like, okay, so we're going to go from Child's Play and then Child's Play 2 is kind of works as a transition and that's more like a slasher and then, you know, it goes through, it's kind of at that tone and then you get to Bride of Chucky and it's kind of like, okay, this is interesting. So we're going to have another person come in. It's a little bit more campy, really silly. I mean, it's, you know, and then Seed of Chucky is like just bizarre <laughs> in a lot of respects. I mean, that is a compliment. And then all of a sudden it goes back to this weird thing, like Curse of Chucky just kind of has this weird backtrack. I don't know. And so it's hard when you're binging them, I think, just because it feels so like, uh, like the tone changes so much, but Chucky never changes. That's the interesting part. Chucky is always the same. He just is always this character who just is a serial killer and wants to kill. And that's his whole purpose is he wants to kill people. And his other whole main goal and the thing that he kind of decides against later on is he's like, I really want to, you know, find a human vessel to be in. And he decides he's going to go after kids because just like with dolls being, you know, not suspecting them, kids can also get away with a lot and you're not going to suspect them. And then he also struggles with thinking, well, maybe I'll just be a doll. And then all of a sudden there's multiple Chuckies. <laughs> In Cult of Chucky, you know, there's all these Chuckies everywhere. So it's just, it's it's interesting watching it and binging it and going like, this this is not the same as that first movie. Like, at all it's like except for chucky um and i do want to comment on brad duraf and his performance uh because it's mainly his voice you do see him i mentioned on our deadwood episode how much i absolutely love brad duraf and i have since one flew over the cuckoo's nest when i first saw that i wasn't i didn't watch that when that was first out but one flew over the cuckoo's nest is one of my absolute all-time favorite movies and he's so sweet in that movie. Billy is one of the sweetest characters ever. Uh, eventually, soon, I've already recorded it, but um, I guested on my podcast, Brain Twin Jen's podcast, My Streaming Bubble, and we talked about One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest because it was her first time watching it. And I said on there, and I said this during our Deadwood episode, that Brad Dourif, because of One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, and also because of just the way he is as an actor, he has this thing of like, no matter what kind of character he's playing, he does add some kind of level of charm to it and sweetness. And even with Chucky, he does that. I don't know how, but he does that even with Chucky. He makes him likable in some way. You're not rooting for him. I'm not saying that, but I don't know. Maybe some people are. But he makes him likable. And maybe that's just me and my Brad Dourif bias. I don't know if Susie feels the same way, but. Oh, no, I completely, no, I completely agree with you that in an odd way, like, because, okay, so this is going to sound kind of weird. He's such a, like, Chucky is such a little jerk, but he is so, like, entertaining to watch, and he's very, he's very charismatic, and, and, yeah, I think in part, it, like, like, bravo to Brad, because that is just, that is just amazing, and it's, I feel like that's something that is incredibly hard to do because I don't think yeah. it's it can I don't think if we had anyone else try it it could be it could be as good um listen I love Mark Hamill but I haven't watched the new remake of it and 
the new the the remake of Child's Play, but I don't think that I could watch it and because Mark Hamill is and I hate to say this, he's too Mark Hamilly. Like you can't really separate. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I know what you're saying. Way, no, I know like what you're you can't. Saying. Mm-hmm. He, I can't really separate him from himself in a way. It it'll come across as like too much to Mark. Like oh yes, yes that is Mark Hamill. <laughs> the joker or luke skywalker what have you (laughs) yeah but no brad does like an amazing job with 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 chucky and i think also in a way that kind of performance can also be kind of attributed to to don mantini himself because from what i from what i've seen and from what i've heard from his sets is that he creates a very kind of welcoming set where everyone kind of feels comfortable and you can see this repeatedly throughout like the whole child's play series because it's almost become kind of like this this family franchise because people have have worked on have who have worked on other checky films are now possibly working on like who have worked on new checky films and are also working in the series like even brad durv's daughter has has made an appearance in the Chucky series and in the TV show as well, which I think is just really amazing. And also one of my favorite facts is that one of the the animatronic kind of creators slash operators for Chucky, his his daughter is also in a way kind of involved with with the franchise still. And I just think that's so cool that he that he that Don created this amazing set that really kind of like shows through in these movies where he makes I feel like he tries to make everyone feel as like comfortable and as included as he can and that really shows through in his work and I think that's just really amazing yeah and I mean and if you've ever seen an interview with him as well with Donman's he's he's so sweet I mean he's got like this like um it's just very sweet comforting kind of personality that comes through and you know, I mean, someone like Brad Dourif doing this and doing this role who he's thought of as like, you know, I mean, he's been nominated for Academy Awards, he's all this stuff, doing this role consistently over all of those films and also a television series and all this. And it, with the exception of like the reboot being the voice of Chucky, I mean, that's pretty, that says something about working with that creator about that team because you can i mean i don't think people would return like this especially um to a franchise like this you know that you know some people may look down on and people look down on horror and stuff but i don't think people would return with such passion i mean these people have passion for this stuff and they get I mean, follow Jennifer Tilly on Twitter and she's just all about this. She was so upset by the reboot, you know, so it's like this, you can, it comes across that it's like a family and this core group of people that they've created this horror family and it's really awesome. And it comes through in the movies and in the performances and in the television show. And so I just, I think that's really great. And I think, you know, like I said, I'm not, I don't hate the the reboot as everybody else does, but I will say it's not the same. And yeah. And like Susie said, no offense to Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is an incredible human being, but Brad just, 
nails it. I mean, Brad just adds something different and I don't think anyone gets the voice as well. And, you know, it's just a very distinct voice and the mannerisms and I mean, I mean the mannerisms when you see him as himself, as Charles Lee Ray outside of Chucky. So yeah, I think he's, he's incredible. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So I want to ask you, Susie, do you have a favorite entry in the series? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> what is it? Oddly enough, um, it is Bride of Chucky, even though it's like one movie removed from Seed of Chucky. <laughs> But it is Bride, mainly because we get the introduction of one of my favorite characters in the series, Tiffany Valentine, and also the doll version of Tiffany Valentine. (laughs) Because, oh my god, that opening sequence where she's in that, I don't know, what is it, like a warehouse? Mm -hmm. And it's set to Living Dead Girl, and then she's putting Chucky back together, and she gives him his, like, his, his what is mostly associated with him, his his stapled scarred appearance. She's putting her boyfriend back together and trying to bring him back to life. Oh, it's just, oh, it's so good. Like the music choices in that film were just really great because also having her doll transformation be set to call me by Blondie is just <laughs> 10 out of 10. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and that one, <laughs> There is a there is a sex scene between Chucky and Tiffany as dolls, and it's, it's like, <laughs> it's like honey just movie. just when he tells her, I'm uh, anatomically correct. <laughs> I know, I know. I think isn't there a joke about the size too, or something? Yeah, something yes. about the size. Yes, yes, yes. So it's it's pretty hilarious. I, I was I was watching the behind the scenes for that, and I remember the the the, 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 the people the the puppeteers were like, "Okay, we're gonna have to mimic two dolls having sex." Okay, <laughs> it's just another day at work. I know it's so it's so out. It's like okay, this is happening. This is really good. This is really happening here. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that that one that. I like that one a lot, uh, but my favorite will always be the original. It will always be Child's Play. Uh, it just is one of my favorite 80s horror films, and it always has been, and it holds up, I think. You know, the most unrealistic part of that movie, though, is there's no way that Andy's mom working a retail job could afford that New York apartment they live in. I'm like, oh my gosh, this apartment is amazing. How is she affording this? I don't know, maybe um, grandfathered in. By the grace of Chucky, she was able to afford it. I don't know. By the grace of Chucky. (laughs) I know, I'm watching that. I'm like, and I mean, most stuff that's that's filmed in New York, they do that a lot, of course, where people are in the most unrealistic places. Uh, But I also like Child's Play because to me, it's very much a time capsule of that time as well. Like you watch Andy just 
go and leave school and he takes Chucky and he's like going on this bus by himself, this little, little boy, nobody bats an eye, nobody, nothing. And I think that was also, that was like what we did in the eighties. That was like, oh yeah, it's the eighties. We're just going to go do whatever we're going to do. Nobody cares. This little, this little kid. And like, you know, he goes down there and there's that abandoned house with all those rats like oh my gosh that was probably one of the creepiest parts there were rats everywhere and <laughs> tons of them and <laughs> little andy's walking around going chucky chucky <laughs> as chucky is killing his uh former partner who you know sold him out basically and turning on the oven and then abandoned place and setting them on fire and Andy's just like chucky and it's just kind of endearing in this weird way of this little boy just walking around <laughs> in a place that you know I means this little tiny boy <laughs> he's just looking and for no a big guy yeah. <laughs> and that's before cell phones or anything like that so no one knows where he is if you know he hadn't come home how are they going to find him they would have never been able to find him and it's also i think a movie that speaks a lot to being a single parent and being a single mom and trying to raise your kid and and it's so realistic to ch children i want to say that was what really kind of impressed me when i was re-watching it because unfortunately you can't stream it anywhere but i uh rented it and you and oh no you can you can watch it on stars that's right but <laughs> when he's making he's making this breakfast for his mom it's his birthday andy's birthday but he's making this breakfast for his mom the most horrific breakfast you've ever seen and i mean he's got like this huge bowl of cereal and he's pouring the milk till the, till the cereal's spilling everywhere he's got like this glass of orange juice that he's spilling everywhere and two pieces of toast and he just scoops out butter <laughs> and i'm just pointing this out because i think it's so realistic because that is what little kids would do little kids do that if you're gonna make a breakfast you're not gonna know and you're gonna make this kind of breakfast for your mom and it's kind of sweet too it's kind of a sweet thing to do for his mom i mean she's not gonna eat it of course but <laughs> She's, she's gonna do that mom thing where she takes she like prepares a bite and pretends to yes. eat it and she's like oh honey this is mm, this is delicious <laughs> oh what's over there and then just tricks it over the shoulder and I'm like oh this is so good mommy's full i can't have anymore sorry <laughs> yes yes and then of course the original one has chris sarandon who play who stars in one of my favorite all-time vampire flicks the original fright night so I, I loved seeing him in this too as the detective that, you know, doesn't know what's going on. Although there's funny, it's funny because there's a line in this one and I was watching this with my sister and, <laughs> and um, you know, he, the detective um, that, that he, that Chris Sarandon plays is the one that actually shot Chucky and killed Chucky. And <laughs> the mom is like, why didn't you, when she finally tells her, why didn't you tell me this when we've, you know, long time ago. And my sister and I'm like, he doesn't even know her. He only met her because he's investigating your friend's death who was murdered by Chucky. And what was he supposed to go around, walk around with a card and say, by the way, I murdered Charles Lee Ray, by the way. <laughs> so you don't get mad at me that I didn't tell you sooner. Yeah, I murdered him in a in a good guy's toy factory on the 15th of October. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I but I love Chris Sarandon, so I liked watching him too. So it holds a special place memory-wise for me. I do think 
bride of Chucky is a lot of fun, though. I do agree with Susie. I think that's more on the fun, fun side. And I do think Jennifer Tilly is really, really good in this. And we will talk about her in a second here, too, because I think she has become an essential part of the series for sure. And she's she's an, she's an interesting character. So, Susie, do you have a least favorite? Oh, yeah. There's There's got to be one in every family. Yes. Uh, I don't like Child's Play 3. I feel like out of all the movies in the series, it is, at least in my opinion, it is the most forgettable one. Um, I don't know. Just something about it never really kind of like clicked with me. And it's something that if I like, I do rewatches, I definitely skip through. Because <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's, it's it doesn't vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can get that. I don't like Curse of Chucky. I just don't like it. I do not like the atmosphere. I, I don't know. I just feel like it. Kind of, it was veering away from what the series had become and I didn't really like that at all so I was I was just not a fan of that it was it didn't I don't know it felt uncomfortable to me for some reason and I can't pinpoint why but I I'm not not really a big fan of that one so yeah okay so let's talk about Tiffany and then we can talk about other characters so I know you love Tiffany so Tiffany, as we said, is introduced in Bride of Chucky, and she was Chucky's girlfriend, and she thought Chucky was going to propose to her, and she's also a killer, and she learns when she, you know, gets Chucky, puts Chucky back together, and then she finds out that he was like, what are you talking about? I wasn't going to propose to you. I was just going to hawk that ring is worth, like, tons of, you know, lots of money, and so she ends up putting him in a little... <laughs> that he can't get out of it's amazing <laughs> so they have this bickering back and forth they're like soulmates but they're also like you know they also fight constantly you get to learn a lot of their backstory and how they met and everything in the television series so i don't know if susie's gotten to that point but you do get to learn that in the television series so spoiler there a little bit i won't go into how they meet because it's actually really <laughs> i really like it but uh, and the actors that are playing the younger versions of both of them are really, really spot on. So I know you love Tiffany. So what are your thoughts on Tiffany then? And and Jennifer. Oh, she's just so much fun as this kind of like murderous homemaker in a way. <laughs> because there are times, and we, you see this more, I think, in was it Sita uh, Chucky, where she's she just kind of like, in a way, wants to settle down, mm -hmm. raise some kids, maybe do some light murder on the side, but that's not the main focus. And as she said, like Martha Stewart is her idol. She just wants to live the Martha Stewart fantasy. And I just, I find that so much fun mm -hmm. because, because, like, and, and also as like how Brad adds a lot of depth to Chucky, Jennifer Tilly does the same with what's Tiffany, no matter which how she's playing her as either it's oh this this gets a little convoluted where she's like she's playing her as tiffany and it's playing her as <laughs> tiffany as herself but also as tiffany and it's it's so and also as jennifer tilly and also as jennifer tilly it's <laughs> oh god it's oh it's just so entertaining to when they also decided to like 
intro in a way kind of introduce Jennifer Tilly to the child's play series <laughs> and have her sort of like play this more satirized version of herself, which I think is really hilarious. Mm-hmm. But oh god, Jennifer Tilly is so talented. <laughs> She's great, and like her dynamic with with Chucky is just it's great. Their relationship is very mercurial. <laughs> And that's part of the entertainment. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they love each other one moment and then the next minute they one of them wants to kill the other one at some point in time. It's just kind of the way it goes. And I think Tiffany basically controls this relationship. She is the I, I that's my thought on it. Yes, you know, Chucky does actually kill her and kind of gets her. I mean Tiffany before she becomes the doll, you know, the adult Tiffany and stuff. And, and they have these moments where it's just like, you know, she ends up wanting, she tries to kill him in Bride of Chucky as well. And then of course, in Seed of Chucky, her and, and um, Glenn Glenda, they both, you know, like, especially Glenn Glenda is like chopping him up and everything. So they do, they have this like tumultuous relationship, but they, they work together though. That's the weird thing. They're kind of like, you know, I I don't want to say Bonnie and Clyde, but they're like this, um, they're just like a great serial killer duo. (laughs) They go together so well and they work so well off of each other. Brad and um, Jennifer do. I think they just kind of just click. Their voice acting goes really well together. Um, their performances and and Jennifer does an amazing job because she's playing, like you said, so many different characters, really. And I always appreciate it when actors are able to laugh at themselves in a way and not take themselves too seriously. And yes, there is a version of her in here and there are some kind of like little jokey kind of things. But I want to stress never once are they making fun of her, though. They're not like saying she's you know, I mean, Dawn is never like picking on her. It's more just kind of like, you know, just funny little jokes. Like, of course, there's a joke about her voice and all this kind of stuff. And then there is the running gag in, in Seed of Chucky because Jennifer Tilly was playing herself in that one about Bound and how all of, <laughs> all these men are getting off on that because her and Gina Gershon, which if you haven't seen Bound, Bound is a fantastic noir. Have you seen Bound, Susie? Yes, it's a fantastic film. I I highly, highly recommend that one. But, but you know, there's jokes about that because, of course, men and wanting to watch two women get it on kind of thing. And she's also just, she's incredibly sexy. She's very, very sexy. And I love that when she gets into the doll, the doll originally has dark hair. And then she's like, no, she has to have blonde hair like me. But I, I just, I think it's great to see a female character in movies as a slasher is always a treat frankly i think we need more female killers in these movies and so it's always fun and i love how she uses her sexuality but not in a way where she ever it ever feels like the film is disrespecting her or she's disrespecting herself because she's a very 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 sexy person she just is and she uses that in a way of where she feels comfortable in her body like you can tell there's never a moment where she doesn't feel comfortable and i mean like when she's having her neighbor 
<laughs> move the trunk that has the body of that that fake gothic guy, goth guy who wanted to date her and whatever. And it, she, he's like, oh, this is really heavy. And she's like, no, it's not that heavy. Just bend your knees. <laughs> She has like no sympathy. She's like, whatever, just come on, just do this work for me, please, please, please. Um, and I just, I really, really like her a lot. So, are there any other characters in the movies that you want to talk about or mention, Susie? Oh yeah, uh, just really quickly, want to mention uh, Nika Pierce, who is played actually played by Brad Dourif's daughter, Fiona Dourif, and she. I liked her more in Cult of Chucky than I did Curse of. Same. Because just kind of, my, my favorite actually parts in that movie are kind of when she's 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 playing the, like her <laughs> she's playing the possessed version of herself. <laughs> because just the way her kind of the way her body language changes and how she and oh dang I can't really talk about this because this is also one of my favorite kills. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dang it! <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, Fiona just does a really great job, kind of creating these two very different characterizations of Nika and possessed Nick Chucky Chick Nika. <laughs> Chicknick, Chicknick <laughs> of Nick and Chicknick. It's it's just so good, and oh my gosh, that family is so talented, and it's, it's just it's really great to like. Also, it's just see that kind of like, oh, can you imagine her going? Oh, I'm going, I'm going to work, and I'm going to see my dad. Hi, dad. <laughs> Are you ready for the possession? I am. <laughs> I could. Oh, I would just love to be on a Chucky set and just. To see the like the camaraderie and and vocalingness, I feel like that would be really great. <laughs> yes, yes, I'd love to do like a roundtable interview with with a bunch of them. Yeah, with with Jennifer and with Brad and and yeah, and and definitely um and and definitely with her as well because with Fiona because I think it'd be interesting also to talk about what that would be like you know, to be working with your dad and granted, I mean, she's not, she's working with her dad, but her dad's not there a lot of times. It's just the voice, but still, I'm sure her dad was there sometimes. So I would be curious to hear, you know, what that was like. And especially since she ends up having to really, really become her dad in a lot of ways. I mean, well, her dad is, is Charles in when uh, Mika becomes possessed by Chucky. So she has to take on all the mannerisms, which she does incredibly well. And I mean, I mean, there's got to be an easy part to it, but I'm sure there was probably a challenge to that of being like, okay, will I be able to live up to my dad? And how will my dad receive this? Will people be like, oh, well, you're just the daughter and kind of brush it off. But she does it really well. And she doesn't do, she doesn't do it as a caricature. She very much becomes Chucky. You know, she very much is walking like Charles Lee Ray always walked. So she's got that down. She's got the voice down, uh, the words, like the dialogue, which I know that's in the script, but still she's got that down. So yeah, she's she's an interesting character. And and that's the, that was what was kind of sad to me about the curse, curse of Chucky 
is because I liked her character. It was just, I think the whole story around it really bothered me. And I didn't like the rest of the family. And I didn't like how it just seemed kind of weird. I don't know. It didn't really, to me, didn't fit with Chucky in general. So it kind of felt out of place. But I do like that character uh, a lot. You know, I, I think Andy is an interesting character because Andy comes back throughout. And so you see Andy is very much uh, trauma. He's what happens to you when you have a lot of trauma because his mom, he gets taken away from his mom. His mom is basically thought of as unfit because no one's going to believe that a doll did all these horrible things. And so when you see him the second time, he's like, he's in military school and all this stuff. And then he gets to the point in um, Cult of Chucky where he's even at the point where he's like, maybe, maybe I've made all this stuff up. Maybe it is all in my head and this stuff never really happened. And it's sad to watch because you've watched the mental torment that uh, Chucky has put him through for so long and having to deal with the aftermath of that and, and stuff. And, and I'd say more, but it, it'll spoil some stuff. So for, for Susie, so <laughs> I'm not going to say anymore. Um, but I just think that's a really interesting, interesting character to watch too, because he's so sweet and innocent in child's play. And then his innocence just gets so shattered and his childhood is basically cut short. And it's just really sad to watch that part. I mean, this isn't a deep series, but still, it's kind of sad. So I know um, that you have not finished the television series. I know you've only watched, like, what, the first episode? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the first episode. And I'm, like, I think I'm halfway through the second one. Okay, okay. Well, to, if you don't know what the the um, series is about... Uh, it's about there's this vintage Chucky doll that turns up at a suburban yard sale. Young Jake Wheeler, played by Zachary Arthur, who is doing a lot of artistic stuff with dolls and collecting dolls. He purchases this doll. And then, of course, it's Chucky. <laughs> and so lots of murder stuff ensues in the first episode. I can spoil this. So I'm going to be spoiling this. Chucky does kill uh, Jake's homophobic asshole of a dad. And so I wanted to get your thoughts. I know you don't, you haven't watched a lot of it. So, you know, cause we also have a lot of these are young kids. You also have the character of Devin Evans, which I just, I love this character. Um, I'm going to mispronounce, I'm going to butcher your name. I'm sorry. I think it's Bjorvin Arneson plays Devin Evans, who is a podcast host. He has a true crime podcast, this little boy, a uh, little teeny, little preteen. And um, he is, he's been doing work about Charles Lee Ray and investigating that kind of stuff. And then, of course, you've got the mean girl, Lexi Cross, played by, I think it's Olivia Allen Lind. So, yep. And then, of course, you have uh, Junior Wheeler, who is Jake Wheeler's cousin, played by Tio Brionis. So I want to know. I, and then, oh, and I wanted to mention, of course, because since we're going to be talking about Final Destination next, You've got Devin Sawa is in here as well as Logan Wheeler. And yeah, I just wanted to mention that just because, you know, and then other characters show up that have been in the franchise before. I just don't want to spoil it all for, for Susie. So Susie, I know you only watched the first episode, but what were your thoughts on that episode? I, I liked it. Uh, I think it was very kind of, 
interesting start to the series and um i do know there's um i th I think that the tv series so far looks very good and it does have very much the it's oozing with the with the mancini-ness of it all <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good way to put it yes because it, it has good good moments of where things are serious and where things are camp and where things are just getting crazy Mm -hmm. and I like it so far and I'm I'm looking very much forward to it and I'm especially looking forward to the second season because apparently um, Glenn and Glenda make an appearance in the second season yeah. which I'm and actually what something that I found out that I thought was really cool is that the actor that was cast as Glenn and Glenda is non-binary and I think that's really oh, awesome good. so I'm really excited to see that kind of how, how that would how that plays out in with the storylines in season two. That's awesome. And I would think that would be kind of essential because that character is. So I think that would be pretty essential for that. So I'm glad that they did cast a non-binary actor. That's awesome. I did not know that. I should have known that, but I did not know that. But that's that's pretty cool. And there is a lot of, so I want to talk about that. There is a lot of queer subtext, as we have said, and overt text, not just subtext within the Chucky universe. And, um, you know, you have Glenn Glinda character, you've got Jake Wheeler, um, you've got actually Devin Evans as well. And so you've got, and you've also have uh, within the series, there is an exploration also with Chucky as well and gender fluidity and stuff. So I wanna know, how do you think the series, do, do you think of Chucky as like an, queer ally do you think of the show the series is very queer in general and do you think it handles that stuff well i think that chucky does is kind of a queer ally i think he's more overtly a queer ally in the series because he didn't really yeah. feel that way in seed of chucky at least not to me personally actually the one that felt more like a queer ally in that film was tiffany Oh, definitely. Because they were like they were just happy to have they ha they were happy to have a kid. They they didn't care. They were just like as long as you're happy and thriving, Mama loves you. Mm -hmm. And honestly, love that for her. Love that for Glenn Glenda. Fabulous. But I think Chucky's more kind of a, a little bit more overtly a queer ally in the series because I know he tells um it's, it's Jake. Right? Yes, Jake. Yeah, mm -hmm. he tells Jake, I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> I got a kid, kid who's is gender fluid. You know, your dad's an asshole. He deserved to die. And I watching that, I was like, he has a point. I can't <laughs> argue with this man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but like he, like he, he murders, but he makes a good point. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. No, but I do think it's very interesting how how there is it's, it's how like gender fluidity is kind of um explored and expressed in the series um we see it most notably with glenn glenda and how they work the case sometimes i feel like a boy sometimes i feel a girl and you know what and either way it's like accept me as i am or not and just <laughs> go to heck but and also when, like, we, we see it a little bit more in kind of Cult of Chucky when he kind of possesses um, 
Mika's body. It's like, oh my goodness, look at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to be fabulous and murdery and just do all, I'll go on murder sprees with my murder wife. <laughs> but I do want to mention real quick uh, just the actor for Glenn Glenda is, their name is Lachlan Watson. Okay, thank you. Yeah, and I really think that's great that with the casting because it is so essential when you're casting those roles that you do that and that, um, you know, and, and I know there was, and it must have been with them, um, there was recently an incident with Devin Sawa in, at, a, at New York Comic Con and Devin Sawa misgendered them and was like, he he apologized later on Twitter and said I should that was totally wrong and I shouldn't have misgendered them and apologized. So it you know, it is very important though, I think, when you're having a character like that, that you do have someone who is within the community because I think that's more important. So I, I that makes me very happy. Um yeah, and I, I do agree. I think the show is a lot more overtly that way, especially when it comes to Chucky. Because, yes, in Seed of Chucky, there's some homophobic stuff going on there with Chucky. I mean, they're just, there kind of is, I think. Uh, definitely not with Tiffany. And also, I cannot believe I did not mention this because I, 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 I just can't believe this. John Waters is in Seed of Chucky, and I cannot believe that I didn't flip and mention that. And John Waters has an amazing death, is an amazing murder. I he's a big fan of these, I want to say, and I think that's part of the reason they put him in there. And he's a big fan also of Final Destination series. So I just I loved seeing John Waters playing the creepy, awful <laughs> tabloid photographer. I love John Waters so damn much. <sighs> John, the godfather of filth. We love you, John. Go listen to our John Waters episode with Jen, my podcast brain twin. And you could also listen when I was on her podcast talking about John Waters as well. Uh, but yeah, I, and I love the TV show. And I really will be curious to hear your thoughts on all of it, Susie, and the different directions it takes and the characters and what happens to some of the characters. So, but yeah, I think it's really good. And I do think overall, I think what Chucky does better than I think some other horror franchises do because horror in general is a very queer medium. It just is whether it's been overt or covert or, you know, hinted at or homoerotic tones or anything like that. Horror has always been that way since the dawn of time. This isn't a new thing. It just is that way. Um, And, you know, I, appreciate that in this series it's a lot more overt and it's not just hinted at and it's actually done with care and it's never done in any way that to me feels harmful you know I know it might seem that way to some people I haven't heard that but if it does then that's valid but I think for the most part it's pretty it's done really well and never feels um, exploitative or like it's playing into harmful stereotypes to me, at least. So, yeah. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts. And I forgot, I wanted to share some trivia here right before we get in our favorite kills. It kind of goes with it. Some Chucky trivia about some killers that people blamed their killing on child's play in general. And I'm just bringing this up because this was the, I mean, this happens a lot, but this was the first time that I saw when I was looking up trivia, like tons of these just listed. Um, So in December of 1992, four people uh, tortured and killed a 16-year-old Suzanne Capper, and they were said to be influenced by one of the child's play films. And I guess during during the murder, they were like playing the Hi, I'm Chucky, Wanna Play song and featuring samples from the film. Um, And in 1993, two youths abducted and murdered a toddler named James Bulger. And they were said to be influenced by the film Child's Play 3. And then there, you know, it's just a couple of other ones as well. And I just want to say, I don't really think... I don't know. I don't think movies like this influence people to become killers. I think maybe they'd influence the way you would, but I think if you're going to do something as horrendous as that, it's doesn't matter. Some film is going to be what you're going to take the inspiration from, but you can't, in my opinion, blame this film for any of those deaths. And you can't blame horror for a lot of that stuff because I think that stuff would happen regardless. And if that was to cause stuff like that, you would see, mass killings like this you know you would see mass people like behaving like these killers but anyway so do you i want to add anything to that really quickly i know that wasn't on the outline but oh no i've been cut off guard i know (laughs) (laughs) um no no really yeah i agree with you if you're gonna do a bad thing just don't be a coward and be like oh i need a scapegoat just admit you did the bad thing because it's it's gonna be pretty easy to tell like yeah yeah and i and i think you would do it no matter what so it's like yeah yeah. okay well speaking of kills (laughs) and i know we already already kind of started almost spoiling ours but so what are you have some favorite kills then Susie? oh yes 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 one of my favorite ones and this is done so two of i have like three like three favorites and two are carried out by by Chucky, and one is carried out by someone else. Um, the first one would be when Nika stomps on Dr. Foley's head with those fabulous <laughs> red heels that he and she just she just walks up to him. Well, she Nick she just walks up to Dr. Foley on the ground and just starts wailing at his head and just stopping and stopping and oh my gosh that seems like it would be the most satisfying thing to do <laughs> like not i'm not saying like it like irl i'm saying like in in a set perspective like to film and carry out 
you you go into work imagine and they tell you hey you're gonna stomp on a head today just make it <laughs> make it real nasty and you're like yes <laughs> and i think that's really fun um my second favorite kill is when chucky throws the the toaster into the bathtub to kill tiffany because it gives us tiffany the well doll tiff at least and i i just think that's a lot of fun because i feel like Jennifer Tilly kind of really hams it up in that scene and that's just great mm-hmm. and then the final one would be oh gosh it's it's from a child's play too and oh I forget her name what's the name of Tricky's like foster sister is it Kyle yeah I believe that's who it is you mean um do you mean Andy's Andy's yeah you, no Andy's sorry <laughs> I'm like Chucky's. <laughs> That's what threw me. No. I'm like, ah, uh, yes, yes, it is, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a certain. Oh no, wait, is it? Yeah, no. Yeah, with Hold the on. blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how she just she takes <laughs> a high pressure hose and just shoves it into his face <laughs> to just. She really just—it's—it's kind of like those like Wiley e. Coyote cartoons where her head just expands and then explodes. <laughs> oh, and that's just so entertaining. Oh, it's, it's, it's such fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. <laughs> um, I I the one that I almost spoiled a little bit was, and this is when um. Tiffany and Chucky, you know, Tiffany's in the doll now, and this is in Bride of Chucky, and they're in the back of the van that they've, you know, hitchhiked. <laughs> Basically, not really, because they're, you know, Tiffany had called up the neighbor and said, can you transport these dolls for me? I'd be like, what? <laughs> First of all, but it's just funny. Uh, and they're back there, and they're, they, um, Jason Ritter is in this movie, too, and he plays the asshole, like, step-uncle to Catherine Heigl's character. And he's so good at playing this, you know, Jason Ritter was amazing, rest in peace. And it was great to see him in this movie and to see him playing this character. And <laughs> Chucky's getting ready to just like stab him or something. And, and Tiffany's like, oh, knives are so like out and that's so cliche and keeps saying like, this is what you need to use. And this is what you need to use. And cause Chucky's like, well, what about this? No, 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 no. What about this? No, no, no. Get more creative with it. You know? And then she sees these nails and then they end up using a nail gun on him. And, they <laughs> shoo, 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 shoo. and then he ends up not dying. They have to kill him again, but it's just such a great, I just love it because well, the creativity, but I also love it because of the whole conversation between Chucky and Tiffany. And I love the fact that Chucky is not like, ah, screw you, Tiffany. I'm not going to listen to you. That he actually does listen to her. And to me, that's one of those scenes that really proves that Tiffany holds most of the power in that relationship. Because even though he killed her, <laughs> they st- she still, I think, holds a lot of power in that relationship. So... I love that that one. I really love the John Waters one just because it's John Waters and I just thought it was amazing and the, the <laughs> and his face and it at the end of uh Seed of Chucky when they're doing the end credits and they're showing everybody that plays it, they show again his death scene with his face being like melting off kind of and it's just and I'm like, I'm sure he had so much fun doing that and being in the makeup chair and having that done to him. So I liked that one a lot. 
Um, there are quite a few in the television show, but I'm not going to mention them because I don't want to spoil them for Susie. But I will go back to the original Child's Play, and I actually think the way her friend dies when she goes out the window, I like that one because it's the first one we see. And it was done really creatively. And, you know, he uses the hammer from the, the toy hammer from the good guy doll set. I liked that. And it was also just a creative way to kill somebody. And it wasn't like a typical slasher because she ends up just falling out the window. Um, and so I liked that a lot. So, yeah. Okay, well, we are now at Six Degrees of Finn, so it is time to play Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. And by Susie's reaction, I am assuming she was actually good this time, and she's not being taken away from the Finn crew. <laughs> Ooh. Dang. Am I a book because I feel red? <laughs> So, Susie, how did you connect one Finn Whitrock to any of the Child's Play movies? Did you use a particular movie or a particular actor? Oh, I used um, kind of like combination of movie slash actor. At first, I was afraid you were going to tell me that, oh, you have to do it from the first Child's Play. And I was going to be like, dang it, no. <laughs> <laughs> My whole scaffolding depends on this one movie. <laughs> no, any um, one of them. Right. Well, I started off with Bride of Chucky which um jennifer tilly is in it and she was also in haunted mansion with wallace sean and he was in adam's family too with oscar isaac who was in spider-man into the spider-verse with nicholas cage who was also in the looking glass with robin tunney who was in my all-american with finn whoa wow i think that's only the second time my all-american has been used i was gonna say it was the first but i think i used it i used it a few weeks ago i like that one that's awesome i love it when we don't end up using american horror story just because it's so easy to use american horror story so i always love it when we find other other avenues and other ways to connect finn i think there are a couple things we still have not used yet there are a couple movies that still have not been used so I'm sure they will happen at some point. But yes, so I like that one. Thank you, Susie. Yay. So mine is very, very quick. Um, and I used Brad. So basically I used any one of these except for the reboot. <laughs> um, so Brad Dourif was in Law & Order Special Victims Unit, an episode of that, and so was Finn. So there you go. That's really quick and easy. Boom. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> And if you want to play a listener version, I, I swear the new stuff will be up there soon. I am so sorry. This is like the busiest month for me. And I apologize if my brain seems overloaded during some of these episodes. And hopefully it's everything still makes sense. And these are entertaining episodes to listen to. So just to let you know, I'm a little bit wacky uh, this month. But if you want to play the listener version of Six Trees of Finn Whitrock, Head on over to the link in our bio, or you can go to our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click on the page titled Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock. Tell us how Finn is connected to any of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, any of the Friday, Friday the 13th movies, any of the Halloween movies, and any of the Scream movies for a chance to win some It's a Fandom Thing merch. So, Susie, thank you so much for joining me for this fun conversation. I did have a lot of fun talking about this series, and I had a lot of fun revisiting it. So if you want to tell everybody where they can find you. 
Ah, uh, yes. You can find me on the Instagrams at the underscore, uh, wait, it's at the underscore crafting underscore cryptid. And even though I've had this new handle for a couple of months now, I still struggle to remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> and I can also, and well, and in my Instagram bio is a link to my dog's Instagram um, at Benny underscore Pelucita. And you can find me on the bird site where the birdies fly at, <laughs> at suzyq underscore sc. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at eAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. On TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, this whole entire cast, Don Mancini, I would love to talk with you. I would really love to talk with you. Feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandomthingpod.com. Click the contact us button and that'll shoot us an email and we will get back to you as soon as we can. And on our next horror filled episode, we're going to have a lot of fun with this one. We are going to be talking about the Final Destination series. And, <laughs> and it's just going to be a really fun, fun, fun one. We're just going to talk about some of our favorite kills, our favorite openings, least favorite ones. You know, they are doing another Final Destination movie. So we're going to talk about what we'd want to see and if we actually want that to even happen. So that'll be a ton of fun. And then the week after that, we're going to wrap up Horror Week with a look at the purge series which i know some people don't like these but i love the purge series so much can't help it especially the television show i think the television show is actually better than the movies uh, but we're going to talk about that and then we're going to round it out by talking about something that will probably be the heaviest of all the ones we have done i think and that is talking about horror films that involve cults i just think that's heavier because most of those films are supremely heavy <laughs> those aren't really light and fun <laughs> at all uh but i want to put out there some homework for my audience if you want to i have mentioned this movie before but i'm gonna mention it again because you can stream it two places now uh, and that's the invitation and i think the invitation is one of the best movies about cults ever it's a great slow build um, the, it's a very much a character study. The acting is supreme. The directing, directed by a woman. Um, the writing, everything. It's so, so good. The ending is creepy as hell. And that is available on Peacock and Shudder. And I don't know if Susie's seen it yet. I did say on my list of films for my panelists, because Susie's going to be on that one, that they don't have to watch all of them, but, but I highly, highly recommend they at least watch this one. <laughs> I probably hyped it up too much but no that movie is on my radar to watch but so i'm happy that there's like two places now where i can find it <laughs> yeah i was very happy to see that it was also on peacock so peacock and shutter is where you can find the invitation and that's the invitation from 2015 i know there was a new movie that recently came out called the invitation as well i think that one's about vampires actually so totally different um but that'll be fun and then also i want to put out there my goal is to release this on October 25th to coincide with the release of Barbarian on HBO Max. I will be putting our podcast version that was just me and Susie. It's going to be a down and dirty edit, which means it won't be the best edit in the world. But that's because of time. But if you want to see it without any of the editing 
and with you know we lost Susie a couple times she we lost her and then she came back and then we lost her then she came back <laughs> it was all part of the whole atmosphere of it but if you would like to watch it it's spoiler filled so remember you do not want to be spoiled for this movie but if you want to watch that live stream go over to our YouTube channel and you can watch that there and also Jen and I just did a live stream discussion of Luckiest Girl Alive as part of our celebration of Finwit Rock, of course. And that's going to be a live stream only. So if you missed that, go over there. We do spoil the movie. It is heavy. Uh, we do get a little bit goofy towards the end because I think it was just like we've been so heavy for a while. We had to lighten it up. But that was a lot of fun. Okay, this coming Saturday, go over to our YouTube station at um, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 5 Pacific, 7 Central, 8 Eastern for night three of Horror Trivia. I am not positive on everybody that's going to be on there. I do know Lauren and Rachel from Sort of Brilliant are going to be on this one. I mistakenly had said they were going to be on another one that they weren't scheduled for. Um, so if you heard that on another thing, I apologize. But they're going to be on that. It's women in horror. So we'll be talking a lot about final girls and other things. So that should be a blast. I'm not sure who the other contestants will be. But so far, those have been a lot of fun. So tune in for night three. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.